Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie. And we have today Julie Momber, who is a gravel racer from Arizona. The reason why I in I reached out to her. Well, there's a lot of reasons why I reach out to lots of people, but she is participating in Unbound XL. She's one of the fastest women on the start line. And I invited her to be on the podcast because we're going to talk more about Unbound XL, her history, um, her story around cycling, and more preparation from somebody who's been here for a while. So let's get to it. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou. And we have the gorgeous Julie Momber, who's sitting in as who's sitting as um in Arizona. We bring her in today for this episode talking about um being on a development team and also the Lifetime Grand Prix, which is Julie has been invited to be a competitor this year. And she's gonna share with us what that means because I don't know anything about Lifetime Grand Prix. So we're gonna be diving into that. Welcome, (laughs) Julie. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you about, yeah, all things bikes and racing, always fun. Excellent. We're in the right place. So before we get started, Julie, I always love to ask, how did you get into cycling and how did it lead you to where you are right now? Uh, Sorry, I just realized I think I have my um, burner on still. Oh, yes. Well, I want to turn that stove off. (laughs) That's why you guys, this is live and, you know, things like this happen. We don't want to be watching Julie and looking, watching her her uh, kitchen go up in flames in the I background. About that, I was like, mm, don't I want think I smell something. To be boiling <laughs> and go off here in a minute, but yeah, sorry, I worked till eleven last night. So <clears throat> yeah, you're an orthopedic R- RN, right? I actually switched positions to PACU. So um, what's that? Basically, just. Right out of surgery when you're super loopy and completely oh, like out the of the recovery room. Come to me and I, yeah, make sure your pain is under control and yeah, you're feeling better and not nauseous and wake you back up, bring you back to the world, basically. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Well, I've been you, in that so. situation a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People just like wake up and they're just like, where am I? What's my going angel? On? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> some old men are just like, you're nice to wake up to. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So fun times, but, um, all right. Yeah. How do we get into cycling? Yeah. Julie, share your story. So basically as kids, yeah, we just kind of had bikes around, um, and just cruised around the neighborhoods and had some, I love that. Two tracks nope. and everything. We would ride to the, you know, little corner store and get some snacks, you know, peach rings and all that. So it's like not much has changed really. We're still just like riding bikes and stopping at gas stations and yeah. <laughs> junk food. But um, yeah, didn't ride really in like high school or anything like that. But um, basically my mom kind of got me back into cycling she was a road cyclist and uh was putting in a lot of miles like with some group rides around and I was just like you know what if my mom's riding maybe I'll just like pick up like commuting because <clears throat> I lived in <laughs> Eugene Oregon and my car at the time was kind of junky and I was like there <laughs> at my work that commuted so I was like I'm gonna start commuting and just like put some racks on my bike and yeah just kind of took off from there and then moved back to Michigan my mom had an extra road bike so I'd ride with her and I kind of got the bug a little bit and then I was like you know it sounds even more fun as mountain biking so mm. <clears throat> there was a old Trek 8900 for my brother way back in the day which was way too big for me but at the time I was like oh it's you know, try out this ladies group and they were going in like the city single track loop. And I was just like, man, these ladies are going so fast and just like whipping around these trees. Like the trees are so close together. Like I don't get it, but <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like determined to get faster and yeah, just kind of went from there. And uh, my older brother started coaching me and just kind of got my own bike and started racing a little bit here and there and yeah just progressively put more and more time into it so have you yeah. always been part of a team or is this the first team uh, experience yeah I was part of the founders racing team uh back in Michigan oh, okay. um, that's pretty like laid back group um they just focus on just more like community like you know, efforts and stuff like that. Um, they race a fair bit, but, um, you know, it's not like a national, it's very local mm -hmm, mm -hmm. type of scene. So yeah, I started, um, just kind of traveling on my own and just, uh, doing more races nationally over the last couple of years. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did a fair amount of that traveling on my own cause I couldn't find anybody. So it's like, I don't care. I want to race. I'll sleep in my car right. and yeah. <laughs> Right. and attend and then people still start feeling sorry for you you can stay with me at my car yeah <laughs> yeah I travel with family a little bit too so you know there's a fair bit of support but um yeah it's always fun to just see a new place and um I think the race courses you know would always just be exciting because it's like you know somewhere new as mm -hmm. well so and some more technical terrain because especially in Michigan like um the mountain bike races are few and far between or they're very small so um just didn't really 
have a lot of competition. So just started traveling to get some cooler terrain and yeah, better competition. Yeah, I know. It's just like, yeah, you definitely have to travel around to get for, but Michigan's pretty big and I thought that they had quite a bit going on or maybe not back then. Um, so yeah, I basically started about five years ago. Um, okay. my older brother raced like in the nineties and it was pretty developed, okay. uh, then, but, um, there's quite a bit of like small gravel races and stuff like that. Like there's Barry Roubaix, uh, yeah. and Iceman. Are you doing that there. one? Oh, you're in Arizona now. If you're not going. Yeah, to I know. I'm going <laughs> to come back for Barry, but, um. <laughs> very an ice man for sure but probably not any other races because i've got a lot of travel with the lifetime series so yeah so let's talk about your current um race team that you're on mm -hmm. um, let's just talk about that and then let's then let's jump into lifetime yeah, so I am starting with Bissell Racing this year as a mentor role. Um, so there's quite a few developing ladies on the team. So we'll hit some, you know, more national level races. Um, and yeah, I was accepted for the Lifetime Grand Prix Series. So that's six, actually seven races. They added another one this year. Um, so they're... <laughs> Yeah, three mountain bike races and four gravel races. Oh. So there's $250,000 on the line for uh, the series. So is that for, for like podium winning? Like podium so, prizes yeah. or? So it's for the series. So um, basically, yeah, you get points throughout the series. Um, so first place ends up with 25 grand and it pays out until 10th place, which is six grand. Is so, that each age category? Is that overall? Overall. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's pretty good money. Um, yeah. And it just is upping the level of competition nationally and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just putting together more of a series as opposed to like <clears throat> all these little races that are kind of one off. Uh, type of races so right. yeah plus it just kind of creates some drama you know throughout the year because nobody can just be on point throughout For the whole year. all of them? Oh yeah no kidding. <laughs> so, so yeah so you so you're part of a team and and is that team supporting you like you're you're racing underneath that team? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're helping me out with like bikes and registration. Um, oh, God. <laughs> also, a little bit of some travel fees and stuff like that. So that's nice. Yeah, I can imagine. What yeah. kind of budget is that? <laughs> I don't <Julie>? know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a cheap sport. Nobody's no. making dollars. So that's why I just try to have fun with it because, yeah, like I'm 35 also. So It'd be different oh, you're so like, old. Oh. <laughs> it'd be different if I was like in my early 20s. I'd maybe try the whole like full-time uh, racer thing, but I really enjoy my job. And yeah. Oh, yes, that's like, right. The job. Like, a contributing part of society and, you know, yeah. it's like 
it's good to have some real money as opposed to just like bike supplies and maybe a little cash to travel. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> so. Yeah, my job now I have like three 10 hour shifts, so it's pretty flexible and um, yeah, they're pretty good with working with my schedule for races and stuff too. So make it Yeah, work. imagine you get that like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday yeah block yep exactly so i get like you know four to six days off in a row just like mm -hmm. randomly so if it's snowy up here in prescott then i'll just head down to tucson or phoenix and put in some long miles with some friends so oh so you're more yeah. northern arizona yeah yep. Oh, yeah okay. i'm in prescott so we're at five thousand feet here just got a couple inches actually last i saw month, that i was so. like yeah <laughs> kind of crazy but i feel like we've probably got as much snow or more than michigan so far this year but <laughs> no way well yeah. i was just thinking like you're if you're used to michigan weather that's kind of yeah. like my weather right here we're mm -hmm. kind of on the same <clears throat> i guess slipstream here but uh yeah we're getting yeah. snow right now which is i like snow yeah. i mean yeah i also really beautiful. like arizona if i had a yeah. choice to of a place to vacate for a while it would be there yep. <laughs> yeah 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 the great thing about here is like if you don't like the weather here like i've just like driven south you know just like an hour and start your ride because it's like you know obviously higher elevation up here yeah yeah and you know it's a lot more dry like south of here too so it's pretty easy to find some dry ground if it's snowy up here <laughs> yeah no kidding so let's talk about the lifetime fitness at uh, lifetime fitness i would say lifetime fitness lifetime grand prix i guess it is lifetime fitness because that is their their fitness brand isn't it yeah yeah so it's lifetime grand prix and they're taking mm -hmm. and and like you said there's a number of events throughout the summer or i guess throughout the year because they probably mm -hmm. start a lot sooner so what is your, what's your itinerary? How many are you hitting and what's your strategy mm -hmm. for that? Um, I'm not a big planner, so ah! <laughs> we'll start there. All right. <laughs> uh, my friend always makes fun of me. She's like, I don't know how it always works out for you, but <laughs> she's a big planner. She's got like all these like, you know, Excel spreadsheets and I'm just like, I don't know, like I put the races on the schedule and I'll figure it out like a month ahead of time or something. Well, I mean, at least it's on the schedule and you yeah, know exactly. when they're happening. I mean, that's yep. half the, yeah. like, that's really where it, where it all starts. I mean, I guess you don't need right. to get too technical. You just need to plan around each one of those and know where yep. you're going to be. So yeah. which ones have you picked? Uh, I think I'll probably try to hit all of them. Um, so oh, wow. Seattle is the first one. So that's in California. Um, and that's a mountain bike race. It's 60 miles. So I think that should be pun. fun. It's pretty similar um, terrain to here where it's like, just kind of that. What's the name of that? Uh, one? It's called Sea Otter. Oh, okay. I was just, I was, I was wondering if that was it. Sea Otter. Okay. Yeah. So it's been around for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's got a pretty big following. It's in like, Monterey. Isn't that a multi-day kind of thing? No. Yeah, so they've got tons of events. There's like a gravel race. I'm pretty sure there's a road race. 
Um, there's downhill, dual slalom. Oh, wow. You know, XC. So, yeah. I've heard a that's a pretty event. big, crazy event, but I didn't realize it yeah. was multi-faceted, I guess, with different, uh, yeah. different uh, categories. Yeah. So there's a ton of vendors there and everything too. So it'll be a fun kickoff to the season. And yeah, the terrain is like, uh, just kind of like loose gravel corners, which is very similar to here. Um, so it's like kitty litter. So a lot of people, kitty litter. Might, <laughs> yeah, I underestimate the technicality of it, but, um, yeah, it's like, if you can carry speed through those corners and not wipe out, then you're going to be doing pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah. That's for so 60 miles. That's like yep. 90 kilometers, I would say, something around that. That's proof yeah. for a long day on the mountain bike. Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty fast course. There's a couple of good climbs, but um, okay. Yeah, it'll probably be like four hour race, something like that. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. if you're hitting all of these and it's point based, do you have a strategy? Mm -hmm. Like, do you, have you picked any that you're going to go for like top five and the rest are going to be kind of like, I'm just, I'm going to be showing up and right. you know, whatever happens, happens kind of thing. Yeah. Like, do, do you have your A say, and B events? Yeah. I would say okay, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. I'd say Seattle and Leadville are probably my top two races. Okay. Um, just cause they're like endurance mountain biking. Right. Which is kind of my thing. And then, yeah, like Unbound scares me a little bit, but. You are going to Unbound. Oh, but not the yeah. XL. So it's the 200. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's still leaving long. Just, just the 200. <laughs> just, I know, just yeah. the 200 mile. Uh, right. Which is like, you know, 350 yeah, kilometers. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that should be interesting, but I am glad that they're changing the start because that's honestly what made me the most nervous. Cause what, you know, what did you say? They changed the start. Um, so it's not just like a mass mm -hmm. uh, start anymore, which was just like super chaotic. Cause you know, yeah. it's like this bowl of gravel cycling. So anybody and everybody is just like, you know, going nuts, just mixed in there. Yeah. Front. and yeah it's I've heard just kind of a little dangerous so mm -hmm. it always but, dangerous at the beginning like just before it really like yeah. spreads out you know and yeah right yeah so they're starting the men first the pro men and then <laughs> the women and then um the age group uh, guys are starting after so That'll be nice to have the corrals and a little bit of split between everybody too. Cause yeah, the staggered starts will be good. Cause then yep. you will have our own race. Yeah, so, exactly. For a little bit at least. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, at least, you know, what the good thing is, is that you'll see all your competitors around you. Yeah, exactly. It could be good, but yeah. you'd be bad, you know, like then you're like, yeah. okay, then, but the thing is that have you thought about how are you going to manage that race? Like just a little uh, I, bit. I don't usually strategize too much. I just try to like just because know, of the length. I, yeah. Um <clears throat> honestly, I feel like just you know, staying in groups and eating and drinking and training your gut ahead of time, like that's the biggest thing. And 
yeah, getting maybe a little heat training uh, can easily go down and find some warmer temperatures here. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be my downfall. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I am um, I unexpectedly signed up for Excel because I was I put <laughs> like, I put like yeah well this is how it went down because I'm like I added it to my because I'm up here in Montreal mm -hmm. so I really wanted to and I I did Barry Roubaix last year and I absolutely loved it nice I will travel to race good races by yeah, myself and I don't care. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, I want to do a big race. Like I put Leadville on there and, nice. and um, uh, Unbound. So there's, there are mm -hmm. two races I would have to really travel for. Um, right. But um, so then when I saw Unbound, like the lottery came up, I'm like, oh my God, there is my opportunity. I want to make sure I get in. Nice. So I signed up, I signed up for it and not mm -hmm. knowing that it was for XL. And then I was like, yeah, I got into Unbound. Da, da, da. Yeah. My girlfriend's like, do you know that was for XL, right? I'm like, what? I'm like, like what? what? <laughs> XL. Like, I thought the 200 was the XL. Yeah. I was just, I was just going for the 100 kilometers, to be honest. Uh, that was my first uh, <laughs> choice. And I was like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay. Um, quite the adventure for sure. <laughs> well, I, I was like, well, maybe I could just phone them and have them, you know, move me into the, another category. Sure. Yeah. And I started thinking about it and I, I started talking to some, like I did some podcasts with mm -hmm. a couple other um, adventure racer, adventure racers. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, it's more like mindset. And I've done adventure racing, mm -hmm. like multi-day, like six days, 10 days races. So I'm like, but I've never been on the bike for like in maybe like 48 hours, you know, that's probably what yeah. it's been. So I was like, but so I've, I'm like, okay, I've got that. But that was like 15 years ago. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know if my mindset is as strong as it was back when I was like, you yeah. know, 35, um, mm -hmm. your age. But uh, and I was like, okay, I know it's all about preparation and, you know, not mm -hmm. to go out hard. Like this is like an adventure. Yeah. To like finish. And um, mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, I, th I think I, I'm going to be okay. I just need to, mm -hmm. you know, get down like the lighting and some gearing and, yep. you know, how it, yeah. So how are you feeling about going overnight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping not to go overnight. So. Ah! Well, I mean, if you're that fast, you probably could do it. If you start early, you probably could do it in a full yeah. day. I think the guys are around like 10 hours. Um, so yeah, it's still, it's like around like 12 ish, but I really, I mean, it depends on the conditions obviously and mm -hmm. lots of factors. So yeah, I guess I should probably bring a light just in case, but <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just in case. Cause I don't know how late, how like it gets dark here at five. But right. it, I mean, that's, that's now in May, it'll probably, it'll be, it'll be different. It'll be like more like yeah, so be in June. So we'll in have June it'll be different. daylight, but yeah. Yeah. Gotta be ready for anything out there. Yeah. yeah that's the thing about riding, you know, in Arizona, it's like a lot more rural and you get out in the middle of nowhere real quick and there's no services like 
did a ride with a friend that we rode 90 miles and we didn't come across a gas station or literally <gasps> a water like spigot or anything like and this is on the road so oh my gosh really just be ready and prepared with all your supplies and yeah yeah, yeah just a more legit like emergency kit and everything too so <laughs> water so yeah it's, I think it's kind of preparing me for situations like unbound where uh yeah you just kind of have to have everything you might need and more and yeah which is kind of a hard mindset because I'm slightly a weight weenie I would say because you know racing uh. like I don't think I need that like I'll just swing it and just hope for the best but <laughs> so yeah. Well, I think to... with 200, you get a crew, like you have some pit yeah, stops you can sure. roll into, which is yeah nicer because then you know you can stop, refuel, get some actual, you know, maybe some fast, real food yeah. Um, yeah. prepared yeah, for you. A ton of research, but I know from just listening to some podcasts that the, yeah. uh, the aid stations are few and far between. I think there's only one or two. So, um, yeah, it's not like super often that you get to see your crew, but yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. Cause I was like, oh my God, I get a crew. I go, no, you don't get a crew. So right. <laughs> you are self-sustained. I'm like, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm like, how can I do this while having a backpack, like a big backpack, right. you know, something like that. Cause sure. I hate biking with like a pack, but a camelback is a different thing. Yeah. I think. I will be opting for something with like a big liter, yeah. like two liter bladder there. Mm-hmm. But, but the more people that I interview on this podcast, the mm-hmm. more notes I take and I'm yeah, getting exactly. into listening to some, some YouTube videos and um, mm-hmm. I haven't hit up the podcast yet, but um, it's like maybe listening more to, like the average person doing that event over like somebody who's way faster and probably going to finish it like four hours before because that makes a big difference oh yeah when yeah. you know for speed and things like that and maybe mm-hmm. being more minimal where um somebody else would be uh you know just adding more things that i would never have thought of like for safety purposes because we're going through the night like protection mm-hmm. Like, yep. like having like a knife on you, <laughs> say, for instance, I was like, really? A knife? <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be used for multiple purposes, but yeah, I, I, I thought I'd have a pocket knife, but th- right. this person was talking about a full, you know, blade. I was like, oh, yeah, where the hell would I put that you know, down the right. fork? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> behind my water bottle I don't know right yeah anyways so what else so is that your longest race that you have that's part of the series yeah, yeah so I honestly haven't done anything remotely similar uh <laughs> well neither have I so <laughs> yeah we could compare notes when we're done exactly but yeah I think it'll be I'm just kind of going into it similar how you're talking about just a big adventure and Mm -hmm. yeah just trying to stay with groups as long as possible but uh not trying to blow yourself up in the first hundred miles either so 
Well, that's where it's different. I find like when you have your race start, because I think yours is probably the most competitive. Yeah. Right. Because that's where all the the pros are sitting. Like they're not doing yeah. the longer ones and they're not doing the shorter ones. Mm-hmm. So it, I think for you, and I'm just imagining myself because I get all like, Whoa, and at the race <laughs> start and you just want to, you know, stay with the pack as much as possible and optimize that. But without, like you said, without yeah. expelling too much of your energy and mm-hmm. being able to, I guess, control it and uh, know that you might have to go back a bit to maintain it because it's not something you could probably hold for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like at least with Unbound, there'll be a ton of people there. So if you do kind of fall back a little bit, like other people coming from behind that hopefully you can work with, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if your legs kind of blow up, then you're just like, I wish I could go with that group. But <laughs> you're like, just like uh... just soft pedal for just a couple of <laughs> strokes for me. That'd be really nice. But yeah. <laughs> but also I feel like, yeah, just kind of building up my fitness over, you know, the spring and mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of long endurance rides around here to kind of get ready for it. So yeah, just looking at it as a big adventure and big goal. So yeah, but absolutely not trying to win it either. Cause yeah, uh, that's not really my cup of tea, like long, just like steady efforts, not really my thing. So <laughs> fast there for a hundred kilometers and yeah. that's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm good with like, yeah, more punchy type of mountain bike efforts but Mm. yeah I think it'll be fun and yeah you never know what you're capable of either so just kind of put yourself out there and just try to hang as long as possible and you know just see what you know your body can do sometimes too is always amazing so yeah for sure so what are your what are the other events that uh follow or for the rest of the summer that yep, are part so of the Crush- lifetime grand prix yeah crusher and the tusher is the third oh. race so that's um a gravel race but some people do it on a mountain bike because it's mm-hmm. just like two big climbs and two big descents so um the descent is pretty fast and bumpy so it almost like can benefit you to have a mountain bike plus yeah. the gear I feel like you know is just as good on a hardtail or something like that so mm-hmm. Um, so that's in Utah and then, uh, Leadville is after that in Colorado. So that's a hundred mile mountain bike race. Um, yeah, that one's not super technical, but you know, you do need some technical skills to descend those, you know, mountain two tracks. And, uh, one of the climbs Columbine is like a 3,500 foot climb. So if you can just like carry your speed around those, you know, fast gravel corners, like that's really going to benefit you as well. Right. And then Schwamigan's after that <clears throat> and uh, Trinidad. Um, so I think it's called the rad is like the new race. Um, so that's a hundred mile gravel race in Southern Colorado. So 
hoping oh. to do that as well. Um, that one will probably be the one if I had to skip one, might skip that. But I mean, who doesn't want to go to Colorado in September? <laughs> Beautiful time of year. So yeah, temperature nice, ideal. Yeah. Yep. And then the last one, which is mandatory, is Big Sugar in Bentonville, Arkansas. So 100 mile oh. gravel race. So Wow, so they're all kind of like the mid wet Midwest yeah. and like mm -hmm. California. Yeah. yeah, California, uh, Utah, Colorado. So it's kind of spread out throughout the country. Wisconsin yeah. is Schwamigan, so oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. How do you deal with the heat? What do you do about that? Uh, I feel like so. The best thing that I've learned, I don't know if you've heard of Mohican 100, but oh. that one's like always hot and it's like 90 degrees, 90% humidity. Is it like in July? Uh, no, it's in May, but it's usually oh. like the hottest first day of the year, it seems like. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, it's like back in the woods, so you don't get like any like breeze or anything. So just doing that race a couple times, I've learned like you basically just have to have super simple calories like and drink a lot. Like most of my calories would be from like, I use tailwind uh, generally. So it's like pretty easy to digest. Mm -hmm. and Are, is that like a meal, meals in, do you no. make liquid meals or? No, so it's, uh, it's kind of just like a, drink mix that you can make it more concentrated um, okay a lot of ultra runners use it so that just goes to show like how easy it is on your digestive system right uh, it's not like carbo rocket where it's just like sits in your gut for some people um, I've never tried carbo rocket but it sounds, that sounds horrible terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never tried it but um, yeah just that with like a variety of you know like shot blocks or maybe a couple gels or something and maybe just like a couple like simple easy to digest granola bars or something like that but mm -hmm. honestly like yeah the hotter it is like the more you just want to drink so right and keep cool like if you can get ice on you uh at aid stations like that makes a huge difference right yeah huh. so. now what about, oh what was the question I was going to ask oh do you make your own snacks like your own race food not usually because like the packaging is pretty tricky so oh. uh, yeah that's the biggest thing for me i just want stuff that's like super easy to like throw in my pockets like i'll even mm -hmm. put just like shot blocks loose in my pockets which sometimes they get a little muddy and you have to like <laughs> rinse them <off> you <laughs> i'm just thinking like it picks up sand yeah. right and that's right. like <laughs> So obviously you pick and choose, you know, how you <laughs> package your snacks, but I usually have like a top tube bag and just mm -hmm. like, yeah, put, you know, maybe some Oreos or, mm -hmm. you know, gummy worms, peach rings, you know, that kind of stuff. Just like, yeah. I think variety is key out there too. And yeah, just like figuring out like the drink mix concentration that you can kind of mm -hmm. tolerate, but also having some options like sometimes I'll just have you know water as well so it's good just to have a variety but 
you know, you want to test these things out ahead of time as well. So just try to yeah, for sure. Uh, replicate the environment as much as possible because, you know, going at race pace, like your body doesn't really like want to process food as much as if you're just mm -hmm. out for like a fun, you know, adventure ride with your friends. So, yeah. And I find like when you're racing, it, like you really have to pick your time when you're going to yep. eat as well. Mm -hmm. It's not like you said, like, you know, casual ride you can right. oh, slow down you know yeah. pick and and sit up on your saddle and like yeah stuff and yeah it's not like mm -hmm. that when you're racing you like really need to like be able to fish yeah, stuff out stuff. and quickly yeah. eat it <laughs> yeah when you have the opportunity because those yeah, exactly. don't always come yeah, yeah. Like for weekend it was like taking your hands off the bars like mm -hmm. wasn't really an option a lot of times so just oh yeah stuff like super easy and convenient to grab because otherwise you're not going to eat anything and you're going to be behind on your calories and you're going to yeah. start bonking and feeling terrible and, and that's not good snowball from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just go downhill from there yeah so do you have any tips for a first time racer like say jumping into one of these events or maybe even their first gravel race or mountain yeah, bike race. Yeah, just try to uh, look at the course as much as you can. And uh, like I said, just kind of replicate that environment. Like just for instance, you know, for Unbound, you know, just trying to ride in like some open fields or something like that. Cause you know, wind is definitely gonna be a factor and just like dealing mm -hmm. with like, you know, being out there on your own for a little bit or yeah riding in heat and just you know seeing how you do it and putting in like some long efforts like I'll do a lot of um kind of like sweet spot like sub threshold efforts and so you can kind of test out your nutrition with that um mm -hmm. and just I always like just eat while I'm riding so I'm always like you know peeling off the corner of you know a granola bar and just like you know just doing that stuff while riding as opposed to stopping a lot because yeah. I think it's like good practice um you know if you're wearing gloves or something like that it can be a little trickier so mm -hmm. just trying to stay on the bike as much as possible and um that'll keep you moving a lot faster you know especially for like the 350 like the less time you stop the better so even I if think you're so but yeah. slower and if I'm gonna stop it'll be either to pee or sleep yeah. And maybe maybe make like a, a stop to buy something extra but i plan yeah. on bringing a lot of food with me right yeah from the get-go right um, especially for the first bit because there'll be like more people in the gas stations and stuff like later on yeah that's and a good point actually mm -hmm. spread out because yeah somebody was like oh i was standing in line for like 10 minutes at the gas station you know it's like that's yeah. a really good point. Actually, I didn't think yeah. about that, but you know, saving yeah. my stops for the very end so that yeah. I have enough food to get me, you know, yeah. 24 hours in, let's say. Right. Yeah. You could refill your drink or something, maybe just like use their, you know, their hose. Yeah. Yeah. Their hose or spigot or something, but uh -huh. yeah. Cause I heard uh -huh. like someone was saying that at every church there's like, um an outlet and okay. a uh like a, a like somewhere where you can get water yep 
Nice. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's yeah. good to know. Mm-hmm. Or like a community center, right. um, gas station, obviously. Um, but yeah, just to avoid being in line and taking up that time is a really yeah. good point. Yeah, plus just like uh, practicing with like eating stuff from gas stations, like being <laughs> what you like. So you're not going in there and just like spending 10 minutes, like trying to figure out what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point but, too. Cause well I don't, yeah, I don't typically eat anything from a gas station right. anymore, but uh, yeah, my favorite bar, just go get your favorite bar, get yeah. some beef jerky. What yeah. else is there? Um, yeah, I feel like potato chips and a Coke is usually pretty nice. Yeah, like, Coke. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just see <laughs> how your stomach reacts to like caffeine and stuff like that too. Like, especially for longer events, like mm-hmm. you kind of have to pick and choose. You can't just like slam like caffeinated gels like for six hours. So, <laughs> I like, I, I save those to the very end too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had friends that they're like, oh, yeah. I, Ate like 800 milligrams of caffeine. I was like, oh, how do you feel? <laughs> like, <laughs> terrible. Like, yeah, it's not always like an exponential, like more caffeine is better type of situation. So, oh, yeah, I know. I don't think so. So, I have two more questions. Yeah. Now, bike shorts, because I was talking with my, my last guests, and because we're women, yep, we don't get the liberty of like, you know, just standing and peeing. Yeah, you know, while we stand over our bikes. So what kind of bike shorts, because this is was was one thing I was going to start looking at something that I don't like, I love bibs, I really Mm want to use bibs, but something that I don't have to like basically get naked in the middle of like the woods to go to the bathroom. What are your best bike shorts? Honestly, I do not wear bibs partially for that reason. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. I'm always doing like endurance rides, I feel like. So um, yeah, I, I use the Perlazumi uh, Pro Shorts. Oh, okay. They're super nice. They're a little expensive, but I feel like they're totally worth it. And yeah, if you do have an expert voice account, um, like for my pro license, or you can get, um, yeah, like a, I think you can get an account. Um, but they do a discount through expert voice as well. So that's super nice. And yeah, I feel like they just, I have a pair that I probably have like 5,000 miles on and they're still amazing. Do they, are they cargo shorts as well? Uh, Those ones are not, but they do have a version. Um, I don't think the chamois is quite as good in that one, Mm. Um, but yeah, they're pro shorts. I would say are definitely the best chamois. It's not like a super thick, bulky. Right, I don't like. It's, it's like a midway, before. not too thin, yeah. not too thick. It just like yeah, but it just fits super well, and I can ride you know six hours and not have any saddle mm. issues. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. But yeah, like I said, I don't really wear bibs. But yeah, everybody's different. Whatever. Well, I do have, like, I do have a ton of bibs and I do have shorts without them. It is a good point, but I was looking at, um, using cargo bibs just because, um, the, the pockets are really nice to have 
like yeah. a my phone in or For just sure. whatever I'm eating at the time. Yeah. I have seen people like stick a bunch of stuff under their shorts. So that's always. Oh, yes. But yes, you can do that, that too. You'd have to practice with that and see if that was. I've like done that. Yeah. Taping or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You can yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I use a top two bag or you could use like a burrito bag in the front. Um, yeah. Maybe a frame bag if your frame allows for it. So what about so this is the last one what about your mapping system like mm -hmm. uh what do you use to like what's your contingency plan for like say unbound is probably the longest one you're going to do mm -hmm. and i'm not sure how it's labeled like for uh for the course like so what is your because that's one of the other things is having like all your maps and everything and mm -hmm. and paper maps and paper cue sheets and what are you doing have you thought about that um so <laughs> pretty sure it should be mapped out but yeah i might have uh like the course on my garmin um mm -hmm. my garmin will easily last you know 10 12 hours so that shouldn't be an issue um but yeah i'll probably just download the gpx and just go off of that if i need it i probably wouldn't run it to start um unless right. i can get out there until you you end up by yourself yeah exactly okay now it's time to start looking at <laughs> yeah, it exactly. start the course <laughs> <laughs> so that'd probably be my plan um i haven't looked into you know if it's like find your own way type of situation but yeah I'm guessing it's pretty well laid out, but for the 350 might be a different situation. So yeah, but yeah I think it is. I don't think it's. I don't even any. think it's um. Up like I don't think the course is available, right now. Okay. I nice. don't know. I haven't looked, but yeah. uh, I'm like I'm like okay. I can let a couple months go by before I start looking at that. I got. Yeah. I'm driving down there, so I'm like I'm just gonna be looking yeah. at my best route and mm -hmm. to drive down there and planning that out. So it's going to be a bit of adventure for me because it's yeah. like a 24 hour drive. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. If I were you, I would try to maybe link up with some other ladies and see if they want to ride together for, you know, first couple hundred miles or something. Cause I feel like that ticks off the miles a lot faster and just makes it more fun to like, you know, you can start racing like the last hundred miles or something if you want, but <laughs> yeah, that's well, yeah, I, I don't, especially in I the don't... night, like if you're riding with somebody, that'd be a lot nicer if that mm -hmm. would be a possibility, but yeah. Yes, you're right. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming there's a, there's a quite a number of people who are doing it like yeah. that one too. So mm -hmm. yeah, that would be ideal for sure um like you said see how it all pans out but i suspect at yeah. some point in time i might be by myself yeah for sure <laughs> in the middle of the night in the middle of kansas who knows <laughs> i know i know right i'm like but, yeah. i'm just like trying to avoid thinking about all those movies i've seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i avoid scary movies for the next yeah, couple months <laughs> next six months <laughs> <Exactly>. so <laughs> 
Well, this has been amazing chatting with you. I really look forward. Well, we're going to be seeing each other there. So we definitely Yeah. have to connect um, Of course. and, uh, and say hi and get a picture. And then, you know, maybe we can sit after if, if time permits uh, and just talk about each of our experience um, with our events. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah, looking forward to hearing about your experience. And yeah, I feel like it's just really cool for those type of events because they just put together, you know, a big route and big adventure. So it'll be, yeah, quite the Yeah, it undertaking, looks like quite the but venue too, like the whole yeah. pre and post Yep. uh, race experience, which is kind of what I like, you know, aside from being out there and doing the event Yeah. is uh is the the vibe and the atmosphere so Just lots of nerdy bike people that, yeah yeah, just want to talk bikes all day, every day. So one i know could be, i'm like okay let's talk about something else girls yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well awesome um we i totally look forward to meeting you julie and I hope our listeners, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this and took a couple little tips away from, uh, from what Julie had to share on her experience and the whole gravel scene. And uh, yeah, we look forward to reconnecting. Actually, maybe what we should do if we don't actually connect is like in September, maybe have you back on the podcast to talk about your whole summer. Like, Mm Would you love, would you do that? -hmm. good yeah yeah for sure Oh, for sure I love it. Okay. I'm going to put a, a notice, <laughs> a yeah reminder. yeah Um, when's the last one? uh so it's actually october 21st so Oh, geez. it's quite Okay. long We have to do some, is there anything in September? uh there's two races in september schwamigan and um the Colorado, I believe it's called the rad. Um, Oh, okay. Oh, geez. so No, yeah, I was that's hoping. the, yeah, I don't know if but I could wait till November. right. Exactly. We can always <laughs> check back, you know, mid season and oh, see how let's do it after Leadville. Like it's Yeah, kind of like the end of August. for sure. Cause like I said, that one was on my schedule. I'm not going. Um, Mm-hmm. I decided I do like when I found that what I was doing unbound, I'm like, okay, I, I don't think I should do both because we're actually going to go to Australia for Christmas. So I have to save Right. Oh, that very money. cool. So I'm like, Nice. I'll do it next year. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll plan a whole trip around it with like the family and all that crap stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, but anyways, so, uh, so end of August. All right. End of August, we're going to have Julie back and we're going to be talking about all her, like her, like her Leadville and Unbound and her first, um, uh, grouping of lifetime Grand Prix, uh, races and see where she's at
Thanks. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. <laughs> All right, friends. Now that was cool. I hope everybody took a couple notes. Um, you know, it's just fun talking to more um, women or individuals, men and women, who are participating in these longer endurance events or even getting to understand the Lifetime Grand Prix as it stands and, and as it grows. Because, right, we all know it's a point series. Um, as Julia was mentioning, there's some big money on the line for top 10, starting at 25,000 US for the winner with the most points. And how do you, you know, maintain your fitness throughout the summer to get to that top 10? So, anyways, I just enjoy that. I hope you guys enjoy it. Like I mentioned, don't forget to sign up for the YouTube channel, the Secrets from the Saddle podcast YouTube channel, where all the podcast episodes land. Um, so that you don't miss another one. And um, anyways, I hope you guys are having an amazing winter. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.